Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you our sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer up to you a sacrifices of praise. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving and we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our very present help. In times of trouble, we thank God for this another day and another opportunity to come together in worship. Uh, Never be too busy or never let the adversary convince you that you are too busy 
to worship God. We were created to worship God, and I encourage you, child of God, take time out. We all have busy days where we have to do things, and we have to get things done, but we want to take time out. Make sure that we take time for our God. Uh, the Lord has placed something in my spirit to share with you all today, and I'm interested to see um, what the Lord will say to us out of the book of James. Out of the book of James. We're going to look at chapter 2 and a special focus on verse what? Verse 17, James chapter 2, verse 17. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Once again, James chapter 2, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. We want to take a look today at faith and works. Faith and works. Let's see what the Lord has for us today. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today, Heavenly Father. We appreciate you for another beautiful day that you have made. Pray, Father, that you will bless us with your presence, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, that we may better understand your will for our lives. Forgive us, Father, of any sins and iniquities that we have committed against you as we have not yet been made perfect. But, Father, we are pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. We look forward to seeing you face to face, Heavenly Father, in the beauty of your holiness. We pray, Father, that you will speak into our hearts and our minds as your people are tuning in from various countries, various nations throughout the earth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your wisdom will speak to us. We need to hear from you today, Heavenly Father. We don't want to hear from any man or any woman. Father, speak deep into our hearts, deep into our minds, that we may hear words from you that will increase us, that will edify us, that will take us higher in your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We trust, Father, you are going to do these things for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Faith and works. As we look at the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 on down through verses 26. We see 
the half-brother of Jesus, which is who James was, with some very powerful revelations about concepts in our Christian walk. Faith is a concept in our Christian walk. Deeds is a concept in our Christian walk. But what James says so profoundly and lets us to know so profoundly that even these great concepts in our Christian walk, if we don't get them in the right mixture or if we don't mix them just right, we can still miss the mark. My prayer for each one of you under the sound of my voice, the prayer for me even, is that we don't miss the mark. James speaks of faith, a great pillar of our Christianity. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, the Lord gave me this. I don't know what country I was in. Um, I think it was South Africa a few years ago. At some of our churches down there, we have about three of our churches that come together when I, I go down to South Africa to visit with them. God bless you. Uh, Pastor Angus and the wonderful saints in Western Cape Town, South Africa. But during one of our services, the Lord had me to speak with his people in regards to the three ways that God sees humanity. Three ways that God sees humanity. Now, everybody sees things a certain way. The reason why you do what you do is because you see things a certain way. The reason why I do like I do is because I see things a certain way. It's really a silly response to tell somebody, if I was you, I would do this or I would do that. No, if you were them, you would do just like they are doing because you would be them and you would see things the way they see things. Well, one of the things that each one of us needs to do as children of God is we need to find out how God sees things because God sees things a certain way, regardless of how you see things regardless of how I see things, regardless of how you think about things, regardless of how I think about things, there is a way that God sees things. There's a way that God sees people. There's a way that God sees situations, a way that God sees circumstance. I see Pastor Hood has just joined us, and the Lord is bringing him on my spirit now. He recently went down to uh, Ghana. I've been telling them for years about 
traveling to Africa. He had recently had an opportunity to go down to Ghana. And my spirit is going to look on his face after he had got back because I knew he had seen some things that, that I couldn't tell him, that I couldn't share with him. But he had experienced some things that changed his outlook. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to us? Every one of us needs a change in outlook. Watch this now, children of God. We have got to go from where we are to perfection. Now, because the Bible lets us know that, that at the end of the day, we're going to be like Jesus. We got to be conformed to the likeness of God's only begotten Son. So, regardless of where, where we at now, regardless of how we're thinking now as children of God, at the end of the day, we got to be, come on somebody, like Jesus. So that means that there has to be a change in us. No change in Jesus. He's already perfect. He's already there. But none of us are perfect. So there has to be a change in us. And one of the things that God will change in us as he, has, as he is bringing us from where we are to just like Jesus is he's changing our outlook on things. In other words, reason why we got to change because we don't see things just like Jesus right now. We don't do things just like Jesus right now. Jesus' disciples, these great men of God, these great pillars of faith, or they weren't always like that. You know, Peter preached a sermon once in the book of Acts, 3,000 people got, well, you know, Peter, Peter, when he was uh, faced with crucifixion, uh, uh, um, they say that he crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, great men of faith, great miracles worked by the, well, they weren't always like this. You know, Peter was the same man that denied three times that he even knew Jesus. Peter was the same man in Acts chapter 10 that when the Lord let down a sheep from heaven and told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat, Peter told the Lord, surely not, Lord, three times until the Lord had to take the sheep back into heaven. In other words, these great men and women of God that we read about in the scriptures, they weren't always like this. They weren't always uh, fully there. They had to go and to develop and to mature and to, to come into who they would be. You and I, child of God, we have got to come into who we will become. We've got to come into who we will become. In other words, hopefully the man that you are today. Pastor Ben, I see you in here with us. God bless you, brother. I hope Nigeria is well. Hopefully, you're not the man that you're going to be in five years. Hopefully, Sister Mary, I see you in here and from Ghana. In five years, you'll be a different woman then than you are today. Well, what happens? Because we are growing. Because we are maturing. See, We should be like fine wine. And Lord has just brought this in my spirit. 
Wine is not like milk. And I, my prayer for you is that your Christianity is, is, is more like a, a wine Christianity and not like a milk Christianity. Pastor Hood, I hope you're hearing this now because I, I see you preaching this. Wine Christianity, wine, it gets older, but it gets better. Milk, once it gets to a certain age, it'll sour on you and go to bed. Now, there are those who have a wine-like Christianity and those who have a milk-like Christianity. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, no matter where you at, what country you in, what nation you in, my prayer for you is that you have a wine-like Christianity, a wine-like relationship with God, that even though it's getting older, praise God, it's getting what? Better. Don't have a milk. Some some people got milk-like Christianity, and they're getting older. And getting more sour and getting getting worse, getting good for nothing. Well, see, that's not a real Christianity. True Christianity is supposed to be like fine wine. It's better. You know, as, as children of God, our character should be better as we age, as we spend more time with God. And what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now, the Lord is flashing the serpent in my spirit. The serpent that was in the garden with Adam and the woman. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Well, now, now you say, Apostle, why is this important? It's important because who you choose to spend time with will affect your character. Let's get that down in our notes. What? Who you what? Spend time with. Now the serpent, now the serpent, because your now is either going to be one of a better character or your now is going to be one of a worse character, depending on who you have chosen to spend time with, who you have chosen to fellowship with. The reason why the serpent's character was now more crafty or the serpent's character was now worse because he spent time with the devil. He spent time with the adversary. Bible says in the book of Proverbs about how a wise man chooses his friends carefully. No, no, no. I can't just hang around with any and everybody. Because I understand that my destiny is tied to who I have chosen to hang around. Bible says in the Proverbs that he that walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffer harm. God said, "Who you who you choose to who you choose to be with? Who you choose to hang around? Who do you feel comfortable with? Who do you like to just be in their presence?" Wise men or fools? For you ladies out there, you can't find nothing but men that are dogs and men that won't treat you right. Who who you choosing? Who you choosing to go out with? For you men out there that can't find nothing but women that are women that are this or women that who are you choosing to spend time with? Because the the people that you are constantly running into are the people that you are choosing to run into. 
You can choose to run into foolish men and keep running into foolish men, or you can choose to run into wise men. Choice is yours. You can choose to run into foolish or silly women, or, or you can choose to run into God-fearing, righteous women. Choice is yours. Choice is yours. We make the choice. Always remember that. In this life, we make the choice. Adam was faced with a choice in the garden. Eat from the tree of life. Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One would have would have sustained perfection. The other would have brought sin into humanity. God basically said, you make the choice. And God is still saying to humanity, basically, you make the choice. God said, now, I'm going to straighten everything up, Robert. You know, I'm going to clean everything up. But I got to give men and women the opportunity to make the choice. They can choose to serve me. They can choose not to serve me. They can choose to tune in. You all choose to tune in to this broadcast and hear the word. Or you can choose not to tune in, to, not to hear the word. Choose to watch TV or choose to, Every one of us will be held responsible by God now for the choices we have made. Every single choice that we make is either a choice that God is pleased with or choice that God is displeased with. You make the choice. God says, you let them make the choice, Rob. Let them make the choice. Now, what you do for me, Robert, is what the Lord be Lord talking to me. God said, now you tell them what I want them to choose. You tell them the right way. But you let them make the choice. Because at the end of the day, every man, every woman is going to be held accountable or the choices, or the deeds that they have done while in these earthly bodies. Watch your choices, my brother and my sister. Watch your choices. Because every choice we make is either one that God is pleased with or one that God is displeased with. Every choice, we, I don't care whether it's what you're going to eat for dinner, you either eating for dinner what God wants you to eat or you eating what he don't want you to eat. Why is it so many so many supposed to be men of God all out of shape? All out of shape, stomachs hanging all all over. That that that's an indication of, of what's going on in you spiritually. See? We God has given us a spirit, soul, and body. He means for every part to be in shape. He means for us to be in shape spiritually. He means for us to be in shape in our souls. He means for us to be in shape in our body. He means for us to take care of every part of us. Any part of us that we are not taking care of properly, God is not pleased. I want to encourage you, my brother or my sister. Let's take care of what God has given us. Faith and what? Works. First, faith and works. Now, as we look at 
what James is now speaking in regards to in the book of James, chapter 2. James asked a question in verse 14. Very, very profound, very powerful question. He said, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but he has no deeds? God, uh, James said, well, what is that? What, what good is that? Now, what the Lord is bringing into my spirit as James is asking this question, because we should know as children of God that if, if faith, but we don't have any works, then our faith, that kills our faith. What God is bringing to my spirit now is the same problem in the parable of the um, of the wise and the foolish virgins. The wise virgins, they brought their lamps but they also brought fuel or the oil. The foolish virgins brought their lamps, but they didn't bring any oil or bring any fuel. So what good is a lamp without any fuel? In other words, the lamp, the whole purpose of the lamp is defeated if you don't have any fuel. Well, in essence, James is saying the same thing. The whole purpose of faith is defeated if you don't have any deeds. The purpose of faith is that we might have deeds that match it. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will have deeds that will match faith. Deeds that will match faith. God bless you, uh, Apostle Dan. Uh, we pray that you all are well in Accra, Ghana. So understand, and in fact, we preached on this when we were just with Apostle Dan and, and his people in uh, in, Ac in Accra, Ghana. We want to make sure in our walk with God that we have the right amounts of everything. Well, basically. And the Lord is dealing with me now. And then the Lord is saying, Robert, it's between a good meal and a bad meal. A good meal, food that you taste and say, mm, this is some kind of good. Then there's sometimes you taste food and say, oh, my God, this is terrible. What in the world? The difference is the amounts. That's, that's normally the difference between the two. The good meal they had the right amount of salt, the right amount of salt, right amount of uh, spice, right amount. They cooked it for the right amount of time. They the right amount of flour, whatever, whatever. It's the right amounts that make it good. The bad meal is normally it you had the wrong amount, either too much salt or too much pepper or too much sugar or too much. So a lot of times the difference between something turning out good and something turning out bad is the amounts. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will have the right amounts. We got to have the right amount of faith. 
We got to have the right amount of love, the right amount of joy, the right amount of peace, the right amount of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle. We got to have the right amount. Now, uh, and the Lord says, get back to that, Robert. Um, we were talking about the three ways that God sees everybody. Everybody, doesn't matter who you are, black, white, rich, poor, from America, from Africa, from India, no matter. God see you under the sound of my voice as one of these three characters. Let me say this again. God sees every one of us in one of these three ways. And I'm going to give them to you right now. Now. And I'm not going to be able to find it. I actually don't even have my Bible, so I'm just going to share this out of memory. On one occasion, a man had a demon-possessed son. And he brought the son to to, to the disciples to cast out the demon. But the Bible says they were unable, for whatever reason, they were unable to cast uh the demon now now let, let me let me let me start here first let me the bible says first of all without faith is it impossible to please god let me deal with that one first without faith the first group of people or the first way that god sees some people is they don't have any faith now if you don't have any faith you can't please god and you don't believe that jesus was god's son you don't believe that that God so loved the world that he gave his, you don't believe, you you just don't believe nothing, no faith. These individuals don't please God. So there are some people that God looks at and there is nothing they can do that please him. There's nothing they can say that please him. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, they can be trying to give money to the give money to the uh their favorite charity or trying to do charity and nothing, nothing be pleasing God. God be saying, Nope, 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 nope. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 they be trying to do all kind of nice little and God be saying, No, nah, that don't please me. Uh uh-uh, that no, no, no. Cause why? Because without faith it is impossible to please God. That's the first group. My prayer is that none of you, and I don't believe none of you, under the sound of my voice, fall into that category. Because I don't believe you'd be in this room listening to this broadcast if that was you. All right? So, just keep that in mind. First group of people, don't please God at all because they have what? No faith. All right. The second group of people. And this is who I was talking about a little bit earlier. The second group of people belong to this category here. Now, I was telling you about the man that brought his son to Jesus and brought him to Jesus' disciples, rather. And his disciples were unable to cast out the demon. So the man brought his son to Jesus and told Jesus, basically, look, I, you know, my son is demon-possessed, demon throw him in the fire, throw him in the water, trying to kill him. I took him to your disciples. Your disciples couldn't cast him out. Jesus was like, bring the boy here to me. Brought the boy to Jesus. 
Jesus cast the demon out. Boy, was straightened up. Disciples came to Jesus in private. Because now here they, here they was with egg on their face. Or here they was embarrassed. They couldn't cast the demon out. They thought they were pretty big boys. But uh, they couldn't do like, like Jesus did. They brought they, they went to Jesus in private. And they was like, Jesus, look, um, we uh, how come we couldn't cast that demon out? And Jesus said, because you have so little faith. The second group of people are people with what? Little faith. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice. For some of you all that are under the sound of my voice, you you in this category. You believers, you say, you sanctified, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you've got little faith. There are some of you all under the sound of my voice, in, right in here, and I ain't going to call them names out, I ain't going to do it like that, but you, my prayer for you is that God will increase your faith today. Jesus told his disciples, because you have so little faith, so here was something that the disciples could not do because they had so what? Little faith. When you got little faith, there'll be some stuff you can do and some stuff that you can't do. And sometimes this will work and sometimes that'll work. You'll be, you'll be wishy-washy. That's why you need to increase your faith from little faith to our final category. So the first group of people, they got what? No faith. Second group of people, they got what? Little, little faith, little faith. And the third group of people. And uh, uh, Apostle Dan, I believe you all remember this, when we went with the team to one church, and I shared this message in, in Accra, Ghana, with the centurion. I don't know what church we were at, but... Uh, this particular night, we had about 15, 16 of the Christian Center Church Worldwide ministers with me as I was ministering. Glad in my heart. God bless you, my brother. They were all these great men of God were right there with me, right in the pulpit as we, we shared this message. Jesus ran into a centurion. Centurion came to Jesus one occasion, sent somebody to Jesus. That his, his servant was suffering. Sent word to Jesus. Jesus was like, shall I go to the house and heal? Centurion said, no. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. He said, but I'm a man under authority. With soldiers under me. I tell this one come and he come. I tell this one go and he go. You know, I. He said, just say the word. Centurion said, Jesus, just say the word. The Bible says Jesus was amazed when he heard this. Apostle Dan, you remember we preached this. Jesus was amazed. When he heard this, you say, what, Apostle, what are you trying to let us know? I'm trying to let you know, children of God, there are certain things can come out of your mouth that can amaze our creator. Just like there are certain things can come out of our mouth that upset our creator. 
there are certain things that can come out of our mouth that will amaze God. The Bible says Jesus was amazed when he heard this. Jesus looked at his disciples, said, I haven't found such great faith in all Israel. He looked at those that would have been following him and those that have been and said, I haven't found such great faith in all Israel. Now, we don't know this in terms name. We don't know much about him. We don't know this. We don't know that. But we know that he operated and he moved with great faith. My prayer for you, my brother and my sister. They may not know your name at the church. They might not know where you're from and, and who your husband is, who your wife is. But my prayer is for each one of you under the sound of my voice is that you move with what? Great faith. Great faith. So God either sees you as no faith, you never please him, little faith, you please him sometime, and then sometime you don't, and in great faith, where you spend a lot of time pleasing God. My prayer for each one of you, each one of us, because I'm a part of you too, is that we will move with great faith. We will talk with great faith. We will walk with great faith. We will live with great faith that we might please our creator. As, as I shared with you all yesterday, when we please God, he's going to make sure that we get pleased. Some of us make mistake in life of trying to please ourselves and can't do it. We weren't created to please ourselves. We were created to please God. As you and I please God, then God says, I'll please you. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, it's not for us to try to get the desires of our hearts. Some of us running after cars, running after houses, running after. And God says, you, you, you'll never get happy that way. You'll never be fulfilled that way because it's not your job to try to fulfill yourself. God says, it's your job to try to fulfill me. Make sure I'm happy. Because once we please God, then he pleased us. This centurion, moving and operating with great faith, he got his prayer request answered. Child of God, when we move with great faith, we can get our prayer answered. My prayer for you. Is that your great faith will uh, move God to answer your prayers? No faith, little faith, great faith. Now, all right, we're going to get ready to close here. So James asked the question, he said, what good is it? If you have faith now, God, James said, now I'm going to take you. even deeper than just faith. Because when you have genuine faith from God, you're going to move beyond just talking about it. You're going to move beyond just praying about it. You're going to move into the doing something category. See, I shared with the congregation here, I think a few days ago, uh, Lord, my spirit some time ago, he said, Robert, 
I'm not going to judge you on anything that Paul did during his missionary tours. As we read the Bible, read about Paul's missionary tours and traveling into this country and that country. Lord said, I'm not going to judge you on anything he did. I was like, Lord, Lord said, but what I'm going to judge you on, Robert, is what you did on your missionary tours. That want to encourage you, child of God. As we read the Bible, Lord not going to judge us on what David did or what Saul did or what this person or that person did in the Bible. But he's going to judge us on what we have done in our lives. These individuals were examples for us. You know, throughout the Bible, you have individuals that are example. Everybody in the Bible, even Satan, can teach you either one of two things. Either what to do or what not to do. Yeah, Satan can teach again. If we, if, if we learn and we'll listen, Satan can teach us what not to do. We read about how the Bible talks about, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and burning sulfur, where the beast and a false prophet had been thrown. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever, Revelation 20 and 10. That's teaching me a very good lesson as to what not to do, as to not raise up in rebellion against God. That Satan's end, the scripture talks about his end, being thrown into the lake of burning so fire and burning so that's teaching me a good lesson. So remember, child of God, everybody in life can teach you one of two things, either what to do or what not to do. And my prayer for you is that as you look out into this world, you, you see God has placed our eyes in the front of our head so we can, most of us, so we can look out and see. As you look out in this life, in this world, you will be constantly judging by the Holy Spirit. Constantly making a judgment. Uh, my spirit is going, <laughs> I don't even want to call his name out because this was, this was when he was much younger, but I just I just said like this. I, I had, you know, many students over the years, thousands and thousands of students when I was a school teacher. And uh, some of them, you know, we are still in contact to this day. We're talking about going back 30 years or, you know, different things. But I, I remember one individual. Uh, we had a game. And we were coming back away, coming back from the game, and some trouble had jumped off. And my thing was, I ain't trying to get shot up here. I ain't trying to get into no craziness. Let's get out of here. Bible even tell you, go from the presence of a foolish man if you discern not uh, the lips of knowledge on him. Go. See, some of us get ourselves in trouble trying to stick around with foolish people when nonsense is going on. God said, go from the presence. Get away from that. Get away from that. But some trouble had, had jumped off, and my thing was, go, get away from that. And, but at this particular time, an individual, you know, did not want to, did not want to leave it. No. Children of God, we want to make the proper judgments in life. It's not what I want to do or what you want to do in this situation. What is the Lord saying for me to do? You always got 
you know, what I want to do. You know, there's always our flesh. There's always our spirit. Flesh is what I want, maybe what I want to do in a situation or what I think, what I feel. The spirit is what God wants us to do, what God thinks, what God feels. My prayer for you and my encouragement to you, child of God. Walk by the spirit. Uh, it's not about not about you. It's not about me. It's about God's instructions. It's about what is God saying do? Where is God saying go? What in preaching? I can't get up here and preach what I want to preach. And if you out there and you're preaching, you're preaching what you want to preach, you don't even understand the gift of preaching. We preach what God says. We tell the people, which are God's in the first place, not yours, not your congregation or my congregation, the people are God's. So if you keep that in mind, you know, we can do a lot better. When we are talking to people. We are talking to what belongs to God. My congregation, my, my, you, you get this thing wrong, bro. Jesus said, upon this rock shall I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, the people, it's, it's God's church. You and I are just members of God's church. All of us are members, bishop, apostles, prophets. We are members of God's church, hopefully. Now, if you want to go to heaven, Jesus said, upon this rock shall I build my church. Remember, it's God's church and all the rest of us as members. Remember that we are all Christians, which means we are followers of Christ. Apostle, remember, pastors are a follower, too. Apostle is a follower too. Before we before we get get to thinking about individuals more highly than we are, pastor is a follower of Christ just like I am. Apostle is a follower of Christ just like I am. Same Holy Spirit. I've shared this a lot in Africa when I was just there. I said, look, you need to understand, you got the same Holy Spirit that pastor got, same Holy Spirit that the apostle got. We got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. So God don't want to hear no excuses out of you, and he won't want to hear no excuses out of me, because he knows what he has placed within us. And he has given us a portion of himself, the Holy Spirit. And, and, Lord, and Paul, Paul understood this thing. Paul said, look, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens me. I want to encourage you, my brother or my sister. You can do all things. I want to hear them excuses. God don't want to hear them. I don't even want to hear them. Some of you pastors, you can save a lot of your time listening out of bunch, instead of listening out of a bunch of nonsense out of, out of uh, God's people. Tell them, you can do it through Christ. Because if we can't, then God is lying. And God can't lie. He said we can do all things. I want to encourage you today. You can do all things, child of God, through Jesus Christ, which strengthens you. Come on, we got to finish this message. So, James said, now what, what good is it if you got faith and no deeds? He said, can, can such a faith save them? 
suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. I want that. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you won't be a part of the does nothing group. The does nothing group. Where are you going to stand before God? If God has desired for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and where have you gone to preach the gospel? Where have you gone? If that is a desire, if that is one of the last things that Jesus said when he left this earth to his disciples, go ye into all the earth and preach the disciples, preach, preach the gospel, go, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other. If this was one of the last things the Lord said before leaving this earth and you haven't gone to preach the gospel, no more, what you going to say before the Lord on judgment? What exactly are you going to tell him? This was one of the last instructions he gave to his disciples. So let's not be a part of the do nothing group. The Bible says, but does nothing about their physical needs. Paul said, I mean, James said, what good is it? What good is, what good is that faith? What good is a faith that you're not doing nothing? In the same way, faith by itself is dead. If it's not accompanied by actions, it's dead. So let us be a part of the do something group. Be a part of the do something group. Let's get to work. Let's get it. We, we listen. Our eternity is at stake, children of God. I hope you hear me very well. Our eternity is at stake forever, and what we do in this life will determine how we spend forever. 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 So let if if your faith is not moving you to do a lot for God, better check that faith. If your faith is not compelling you and moving you and functioning you to do a lot for God. You better check that faith. Because genuine faith, real faith, will compel us to do for God, to compel us to give to God, to compel us to work for God. If you don't feel compelled to the things of God, things of God are not really that important to you, you better check that faith. Some way you don't got a counterfeit. Some people, somehow you don't got a counterfeit. Because genuine faith will, will, will make you on fire for God. You won't even be able to help yourself. Genuine faith, a real relationship without perverse. Per- you don't have to ask, you don't got to ask whether people have, uh, whether people really love God. 
whether people really love God. Because when you when you when individuals really love God, they will sell out for God. They will sell out for God when they really love Him. Now, if you don't love Him, then you, may uh, I, you know, may won't. But when you love Him. Oh, no, I don't know. Ain't nobody I got to ask if he he loved God or if she loved God. It'll be evident. It'll be obvious. We don't have to ask when somebody's on fire in the natural. A person that's on fire in the natural, you would, you don't have to ask is he on fire because they're gonna be running, they're gonna be hollering, they're gonna be crying out if they if they really if they on fire. You don't have to ask, and you don't have to ask if somebody is on fire for God. They won't be able, just like in the natural, if you somebody set you on fire right now, you wouldn't be able to help yourself. You'd be running trying to get that fire put out. In the natural, if you on fire, we wouldn't have to ask because you're going to make sure we know when you love God, when you're on fire for God. We don't have to ask. We don't have to ask. You're going to do for God, you won't even be able to help. You won't even be able to help. I, I I wonder, you know, I, I think about when we used to have worship here at the Christian Center on Sunday. We used to have Bible study on Wednesday night and worship service uh, a Sunday morning. I think back to them days, what in the world was we doing the rest of the week? I wonder about churches that worship one day out of the week and stuff now. What what will you be doing the rest of the week? Got church, We got church on Sunday. What we got? When the early church was established, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, read it for yourself. Those saints didn't meet every Sunday. They met every day. Every day, the Bible says, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. God wants us to worship him. God wants us to hear from him. God wants us to be directed by him every day. I want to encourage you, child of God. Let us move to everyday worship. Everyday worship. We were created to worship. God's plan for us was that we would worship. God brought over a million plus folk out of Egypt, out of slavery, so they could go into the wilderness and what? Worship. God loves when we worship. God loves it. It's good and pleasant. God said, Robert, it's good and pleasant when my people dwell together in unity. So I encourage you, child of God, let us let us let our faith graduate. Let our faith grow up from just being faith to being deeds. Same way I had to grow up from being a little boy to being a man. You, Some of you all had to grow up from being little boys and little girls to grown men and grown women. We had to grow up. Let our faith grow up so that it may become the deeds, the righteous deeds that our Heavenly Father desires. Amen and amen. Um, That's it. Like our bishop used to say, that's the message. That's the message. I pray that somebody has been blessed, somebody has been edified, 
somebody has been strengthened. Uh, we're going to give details as to how to contact us. We are very happy. Um, Bishop Richard joined us um, from Sierra Leone. Him and his team uh, joined us uh, today. We are very happy and very pleased with that as God is giving us various teams. We just left Accra, Ghana with a great team of Bishop Peter and his, his great team in Accra, Ghana. We left uh, Kampala, Uganda, Bishop Fred and his great team, uh, Nairobi, Kenya, Bishop John and his great team. God is uh, blessing us with great Christian Center Church worldwide teams uh, all over the world. Uh, my prayer is that if you are not a part of a Christian Center Church worldwide team, my prayer is that um, you will have the desire to do so and that uh, you will get busy uh, with the works that our Heavenly Father desires. God bless you, children of God. May heaven continue to smile on each of you. If I forgot anything or left anything out, please excuse me, and uh, we'll give you details as to how to make contact and communication with us. God bless you, saints. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristiancenterchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at https colon forward slash forward slash thadfg dot wixsite dot com forward slash tcccww. Feel free to join us on Talk Shoes, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily. On Talk Shoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and on the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.